0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network presented by extreme threads your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts jake elliott and evan schemenauer
1: you got your pens and paper ready to go as we bring you into another episode of Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified, Lax Class, if you will, here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. It's Jake Elliott, at Seven Schemin, our Evan, let's get you in here right away. It was a huge week in the National Lacrosse League, seven games over three days. We saw some just unbelievable lacrosse uh, this weekend. Just your general thoughts on, on seven games. Uh, what, a, what a weekend.
2: Yeah, and I think in the East especially, we started to see who the contenders are and who they're not uh, with a big gap down the standings between the top four and the bottom two. Rochester really having a rough go of it in Saskatchewan. Philly now 0-5. Those four spots are almost getting to the point of solidification. Rochester's going to have to pick it up fast. I mean, they were two and six at one stage, but last year it made the finals. But they got to get things going quickly.
1: Where we do not have a big gap, Evan, is our picks and who you got. We'll get to that later uh, here on Lacrosse Classified. But uh, things are tight as they have been all season long. We're going to get into the games here. Let's let you know who's coming up on the show as well this week from the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, coming up in about half an hour's time, we will have Mitch Jones and try and get some answers out of Jonesy on what's going on there in Vancouver. They still haven't gotten a win on their home floor, but still right in the playoff race there, uh, along with the Mammoth with one win on the season. But Mitch having a nice game, seven points in that one. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that game, but let's get into... Oh, sorry, our other guests. We can't forget that. None other than Barstool Jordy will join us here on the program uh, to talk a little Philly Wings lacrosse as well in about 15-20 minutes from now so stay tuned for barstool jordy that'll be the first time we've had a chance to talk to jordy here on the podcast i'm looking forward to that one but we got a lot of games to cover i mentioned seven of them uh there's two on friday four on saturday one on sunday Let's do this here, Evan Schemenauer. First game up is Georgia at Toronto. You had the Swarm. I had the Rock. 14-9 Toronto, the final in this one. 2-4 and four for Robbie Hellyer. 1-4 and four for Tom Schreiber. And another solid performance out of Nick Rose. Is Toronto over Georgia pretty pretty convincingly in this one?
2: Yeah, I couldn't believe they had Nick Rose as the third star of the game because he was the star, he just kept coming up with huge save after huge save. Uh, I mean, Thompson got one on him on a penalty shot, which was a work of magic on its own. And even Mike Poulin actually had a pretty good game. He came up with definitely the save of the year, and I don't know if anybody's going to be able to beat that save the rest of this year. My goodness, where he came up with that, I have no clue. But, uh, you know, end of the day, you know, Toronto pulled it off, Georgia didn't really get the offense rolling the way they wanted to and when the Rock were up 4 nothing at the end of the first as much as Georgia tried to come back there just wasn't a
1: comeback in the cards for that one. Next game up is Calgary at San Diego. 7,200 listed there at Pechanga Arena so a bit of a drop from their home opener that's to be expected but still a good healthy crowd in there to watch their Seals play another home game and the home team impressed once again. This team down in San Diego, Evan, has been impressive so far. Uh, A huge weekend for them, but let's talk about this one here first. 15-9 in convincing fashion over Calgary, who I don't want to – like, it's pretty easy math to do, but uh, Dixon back in the lineup, and Calgary's been a different team. And I'm not saying they're a worse team with them in. It's just kind of the way it's worked in Calgary, 15-9. The final on that one, a big night for Billings. Casey Jackson with a hat-trick. And Stotts continues to do his thing with seven points.
2: And I'm starting to wonder how quickly they need to get Westberg back there to get Curtis Dixon settled. He had one goal in this game. He had one goal in the game on Sunday. Things just aren't working the way they used to. Uh, But, I mean, they're going to need Curtis Dixon to be on top of his game if they're going to make a long run. Keep this in mind. They were tied at five late in the second quarter. San Diego gets three goals in a minute late in the second quarter. Calgary gets a quick one to start the third, but then goes another 16 minutes without a goal against San Diego. Frankie Chiliano had a great game. But you have to start talking about San Diego not as an expansion team, but as a serious threat to have a home playoff game this year
1: that would be unbelievable and i'll say this about Dixon: i thought if anyone could jump back into a lineup without going through camp and out not playing in the first five weeks of the regular season it would be curtis dixon but it just goes to show you that this is the best lacrosse league in the world and you just don't step back into a national lacrosse league game or a roster and have an immediate impact no matter how good you are I think Dixon's going to figure it out. I think the Roughnecks are going to figure it out. Uh, just a, a bit of a dip here for Calgary, and uh, they'll bounce back in the coming weeks. Next up, Georgia on a tough back-to-back Friday in Toronto. they got to turn around, head for the Mohegan Sun Casino, and take on a surging New England Blackwells team. And what a game this was. 13-12, Black Wolves win it. You got the pick right, I got the pick wrong. Lyle Thompson goes <laughs> off for four, Stats another seven points, but Riley O'Connor with six assists, and Digger, Tyler Digby, with the game-winning goal for the Black Wolves, who continue to impress.
2: And it's interesting to see uh, New England Black Wolves and their players on social media, everybody underestimating them, nobody picking them to win this game except yeah, yours, truly. But, uh, you know, I think people got to really start on, stop underestimating. Them. Don't they hurt your elbow patting
1: yourself on the back there, Evan. <laughs>
2: Hey, you know what? You, know, you take the gamble, it works sometimes, right? Uh, interesting situation in the East now. You got Toronto 1-1 one one against Georgia. New England's 1-1 one one against Georgia. You've got a whole bunch of tie-break scenarios now which start to – make things uh, interesting down the stretch. Interesting thing here is that, once again, New England switched the starting goaltender back to Alex Bouquet, and they've been doing this. Every game, it's somebody different. seems to be working for them so far, but it'll be interesting to see when they finally settle on somebody.
1: I've never, ever been a fan of rotating goalies for equal time as starters. I know... Some teams have been successful at it. Uh, you think of Peterborough and Evan Kirk and Matt Vince. Um, some other some other teams have done it, but sooner or later, I think you gotta pick a guy and and, and let him be the guy. I think it backfires on you more often than not. 1410 uh, Buffalo over Philadelphia still in search of their first win here Evan and again the starts continue to plague the Philly wings Buffalo jumping out to a 7-1 lead on their home floor and I don't care if you're Philadelphia or whether you're Saskatchewan or whoever you get yourself in a hole like that in the NLL you're not going to dig yourself out of it they tried they came close but again come up short and I don't know what they got to do to figure out the starts there for the Wings, but it has been an issue.
2: I might suggest that they actually go and play a exhibition game for 15 minutes before the game starts, just so they they got their wheels going at the start of the game. I mean, luckily, Trevor Baptiste is able to win so many face-offs that once they're down, if they get in a hole, he can get them back in it because he can get them the ball, but... Yeah, I mean, 7-1 down halfway through the second quarter, it's just not going to happen almost any night. And, you know, Matisse tried to put it on his team on his back. They got the game tied, but then Buffalo just kind of enforced their will down the stretch. Um, and this was an interesting thing when I submitted my picks for the uh, the power rankings with Flax All-Stars. I really had a tough time with this 2-3-4-5. New England, Georgia, Toronto, Buffalo. Where does Buffalo fit in this? And I actually put them at the bottom of the pack because of the strength of schedule situation. Mm. But you know, I put
1: Buffalo, them up much I put them up much higher, Evan. And just for you bandit this, fans out there, just so you know, I had you higher, way higher. But the
2: thing is is that they had two of these games against Philly now where they were up huge and they let Philly back into it. So You know they—they got us uh, put a quick end to this uh, heart attack type of play. Interesting stat in this one: 124 shots on goal, which is ridiculous.
1: That was Dane Smith that took that many? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, listen, you can only play the competition that's in front of you, and at the end of the day, if you got the check mark in the right column, and that's the win column. Then you know whether you let him back into the game. Whatever you got the win, that's what counts in this league. Buffalo did that. We both picked them. Let's move on. Saskatchewan at home taking on the Rochester Nighthawks in a rematch of the NLL Cup. These two teams even have combined to win this last six out of seven NLL championships. Pretty incredible stuff what those two franchises have done over the last decade. But Saskatchewan in this one, it was tight at halftime. You were there, I was calling this game on color side along with Ryan Flaherty, Evan, and it was tight. But what Saskatchewan has been this year, if maybe nothing else, is unbelievable in the second half. They locked down Rochester for seven goals. They just scored twice in the second half. One goal coming five on five, the rest on the man advantage. But Saskatchewan only putting up 12. That's all they really needed to do. Uh, Mark Matthews, another good game. Ben McIntosh, another good game. Rob Church uh, finds a couple of goals. Things coming together in Saskatchewan. 12-7, the final rush over the K-Hawks.
2: Well, I can't believe I'm talking to a celebrity here now. You go by one name all of a sudden, just Jake.
1: <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I think it's pretty funny, but uh, the fans were having some fun with that. Um, if you haven't seen it, just check out my Instagram or my Twitter. You'll see it. Uh, they list they <laughs> on the broadcast. They put up a picture. It was me and Ryan Flaherty up in the broadcast booth, and and Ryan's you know we're talking. He's got his name and his Twitter handle, Ryan Flaherty. Ryan at Global Sports or whatever it is, and then uh, me, it just says Jake. <laughs> so uh, I think by now, most most people know who I am anyway. You probably could have got away with no name, but I'll, I'll take what I can get and uh, who needs a last name anyway, right?
2: Uh, you know, post-game comments, uh, Derek Keenan said this was a near-perfect game for them. And in truth, it really was. There were a lot of concerns about the Saskatchewan defense when, you know, you are you lose Soraketti and you lose, Dilks you lose Cornwall and there's holes to fill and you don't know what kind of performance you're getting out of guys a guy like Jordy Jones Smith Travis Cornwall do you have any concerns about them I haven't seen anything at this stage that makes me worry about how they're fitting in there and Evan Kirk my goodness this the stats on him like he's now leading the NLL in goals against average it's 10 on the nose uh, save percentage There's four guys within a few one-thousandth of a point one another. But the thing is, Evan Kurt is making key saves at points where there's a breakdown of the defense, something's happening, the momentum could go the opposite direction. He's making that stop, and that's really what's propelling the rush to these last three wins.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a good point there, Evan, that uh, he's making the timely stop, and and that's what you want out of your goaltender. And he's doing it in, in really kind of efficient fashion. We had a conversation with a couple of people after the game that night on if you're picking Team Canada's goalies, the top three goalies right now, who's on Team Canada? And, you know, guys like Matt Vince, Dylan Ward, Del Bianco come to mind. For me, Evan Kirk has got to be on that list the way he's playing right now, and don't be surprised if you see him on that list because, listen, uh, what what happens here through the National Cross League season leading into September, I think, is going to have a big part in, in who the coaches pick. You want to be going hot at the right time, and Evan Kirk is that right now. we got to move on because we've got to get the Barcelona. Jordy Evan. A um, couple more games to go here. This one finishing just after the rush game and might have been the game of the week in Vancouver. You had the Seals, I had the Warriors, and it came down to literally some English on the lacrosse ball at the dying seconds out of a stick of who will talk to you about this. But Mitch Jones with a last-second opportunity and the ball just taking a right turn off the turf as the Seals hang on for an 11-10 victory. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, we were sitting there watching this uh, post game and couldn't believe it. Cause the ball goes under the right arm and then English is to the left side post. Like If even there was a fraction of an inch difference in where Chiliano's arm is, we're going to overtime and uh, you know, the Warriors where they go from here with this one, who knows, you know, is it a momentum building win possibly or a loss possibly, but it could be once again, it's just another loss that doesn't really get them anywhere. Uh, they are still even with Colorado for wins for the last playoff spots. So you can't lose faith of this stage, but in those last five games, there's not a whole lot there in my mind right now that gives me a lot of faith that the Warriors are going to do it highlight though. You got to love that the fact that uh Merrill and Beers dropped the gloves and you don't see that too often the two captains will go at it like that.
1: No, and and I don't think that's the, the the first time that those two have actually gone either. They uh they don't mind getting after it and and I you know there's part of me that thinks they both kind of enjoy it a little bit. And uh I think that's honestly say what you will about fighting and and where it is and what we need um nobody's leaving the arena uh, nobody's using their seat when when breaks out. I don't think it's something that needs to happen, but uh, I I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, and uh, it's it's tough. Like, I, I want to see Vancouver do well here, uh, not only for them, but for the National Lacrosse League, the sport of lacrosse in Vancouver, and it's just, I they got to engage that home crowd, and how you do that is put up wins, and I know they're feeling that pressure. We'll talk to Mitch Jones about that coming up here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, one more game to go. And that is Calgary at Colorado. An interesting back-to-back weekend for the Roughnecks. Normally on a back-to-back, you play on back-to-back nights. But in this situation, Calgary having to play two road games on the same weekend and having a day off in between as this one took place on Sunday. And as we predicted here, Evan, a desperate Colorado team didn't want to start 0-4. They get a a lockdown performance from the wall, Dylan Ward, and get enough offense uh, with the help from Ryan Benesha and company, Eli McLaughlin. The final 12-7 over Calgary. So Calgary goes 0-2 this weekend. They get nine goals. They get seven goals. So it goes from bad to worse. And uh, tough tough weekend for the Swarm and the Roughnecks. Uh, Good weekend for the San Diego Seals and the Colorado Mammoth.
2: Yeah, and when I saw the pregame report that Stephen Keogh was put on the IR, was like, uh-oh, this offense might have more difficulties. But they managed to do enough there. Calgary literally just ran out of gas in the second half. And when things were going wrong, they, you know, you want to get back in that game. They took so many penalties in that second half. Now, Colorado didn't capitalize on most of those power plays. But when you're playing a man down, you don't give yourself that chance to get back in that game. Uh, you know, the Roughnecks got to get it figured out. This offense has just sputtered from, you know, from where it was to before where they were on fire. You know, the one thing, though, that is positive in that offense, you got to love Chris Bouchy. I wish there was a roster spot for him in Saskatchewan when he was drafted there, but it wasn't to be. They've got a pretty good pickup there. Maybe it's something to build off of.
1: Yeah, and you and you just you wonder now going zero and two on that weekend what happens with Westberg? Do they try and get him under contract? I kind of I've heard that it's it's past that point, like it's there's no going back. I don't know if there can still be a relationship there between Berg and Calgary. So we'll just have to kind of keep an eye on that and see how it plays out. Killen was impressive uh, for. Colorado in replace of Keo, and uh, I don't see him coming out of the lineup for the Mammoth anytime soon, and that's a big win there for the Woolies. I think we did it, Evan. Um, recap our picks and where we stand in the standings before we get to who you got later on.
2: Well, you, you started bragging a little too early on Friday night. You thought you had you had it locked down, uh, the lead, but the uh, guy came roaring back. So I'm 19-9, and 9, you're 18-10. and 10. So it means you get to host again because you're still trailing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh we
2: got to put a bet on this somehow. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, let's 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 think this?
1: about that. We'll give that some thought. Uh just so you know, I knew I was I was going to get that first pick and you weren't, so I wanted to take the time to gloat then, but really <laughs> what my strategy is here, Evan, just just so you know and the, and the rest of the fans know, that I'm gonna try and stay like within one or two of you, but behind you the entire season, so I can always be the guy that says who you got if you get what I'm saying here, and then on the final week of the regular season I'll get all my picks right, you'll get all your picks wrong, and I'll end up winning. That's my right. that's my master plan right there.
2: Right, you're you're going to take three months of trash-talking to try and win it at the tail end. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And and I get to be the guy that says who you got each week, which is maybe the most important <laughs> thing out of it all. Just uh, if for fans that don't know, a really good week for the home team. Uh, six out of seven home teams winning Vancouver, the only team not winning on their home floor this weekend. Uh, if you like to place a wager or two uh, on lacrosse games, which... Our next guest may just like to do let's ask him that when we return here on the other side to extreme threads lacrosse classified barstool jordy is coming up stick with us here on lacrosse all-stars
0: associated labels and packaging is in the business of creating first impressions They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hi, this is Dan Dawson
3: from the San Diego Seal. You're listening to La Crosse Classified on LAX All-Stars.
1: All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time, thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. They're creating first impressions and they're doing a darn good job of it. You can visit them at associated-labels.com. Sean Ashworth, my good buddy Sean Ashworth there at Associated Labels. Not only do they pump out the best packaging and labels you could ask for, but they're a very environmentally friendly company. They're very innovative in in some of their practices that they do uh, around there. So uh, leading the way as far as that goes uh, are my friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Make sure you check them out. Uh, Now join us here on the podcast from Barstool Sports. Jordy, I don't even know if I know your last name, uh, which... It's kind of cool because I don't know if you saw the picture I posted. I don't have a last name either. Barstool, Jordy, uh, thanks for joining us here on the pod, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys
4: coming on here. Yeah,
1: I like to uh, remain a little mysterious out there.
4: But uh, if you do enough digging, you can uh,
1: come up with that last name. All right. Uh, We're just finishing off our weekly picks from a week ago. Evan's uh, in the lead by one. But uh, a huge weekend with seven games, and, and we wondered, uh, a guy like yourself, do you like to lay a little action down on on the week that uh, is in the National Cross League uh, to get a little juice going for you?
4: Uh, see, the thing is, I would love to, but I've been in uh, you know such a hole lately with you know the, the football season and everything, so <laughs> I've just been uh, getting getting dummied by uh, by the bookies. So I, uh, <laughs> I got a fiance who I have to keep a little happy, so. Uh, oh. I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably wait to throw uh, some coin on
1: on the NLL games until
4: a little later in the season when I really got to dig myself out.
1: Now I I'm I'm wondering, uh, have you gotten a phone call yet? Because Philly Wings still looking for their first win. I know you went undrafted. Again at the NLL draft uh, this past September, but uh, has your phone rang yet? Like the Philly Wings are looking for a, a win, you're just sitting there in the city of brotherly love. I'm wondering if if Barcel Jordy's gotten a call.
4: That that left side of the floor, it's pretty it's pretty crowded already, and you know, lefty myself, but uh, you know, I think that I could I could work pretty well there with Kluczy and and uh, you know, Blazer. So I think uh, uh, you know, you bring in Kevin Crowley to really up that right side and uh you know maybe maybe bring me along as well to kind of balance some things out on the left side of the floor but no i mean the boys they're they're grinding out there that's all people really want to see so obviously it, it hasn't shown up in the wind column yet but they're right grind- so i'll let them keep grinding for a little longer and uh you know maybe if this if they keep skidding a few more games maybe i'll just show up to practice one day and uh you know i, I won't let them kick me out until they give me a jersey
2: Uh, give us a landscape of the Philly sports environment. Uh, you know, you got the Eagles just finishing their season, the flyers underway, the Sixers going, how does the wings fit into this? And what's the real vibe with the wings, uh, going on in Philly
4: right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, with the two home games so far this season, it's been incredible. I mean, they had 11,000 plus the first game and then, uh, you know, last, The last home game, you know, they had a little bit of a boost from having uh, Laxcon in town, Uh, but I mean, to put, I think that there were close to thirteen thousand like in the building. Um, So obviously, people are are fired up for the wings to be back. Now, I'll be honest, it's a minuscule percentage of like how crazy this town gets about the Eagles, but you know, I don't think that there's like anything besides maybe cheesesteaks and Wawa that Philadelphia cares about more than the Eagles. Um, but I, I think, you know, some of the other teams around here are, are, are striving. The Flyers have been struggling this year. Um, you know, the Sixers, they're, you know, they're, they're up and they're down sometimes. Uh, but I think, you know, having a, a few of those teams in the big four that are kind of slacking right now is probably perfect for the wings because there's, you know, there's a, a hole there that needs to be filled. Um, I think it'd be better for them if, if they started winning so that they can finally start getting some of that attention. But you know, I, I think that the uh, they, gotta, they have at least a little piece of the pie here in Philly sports.
1: Speaking with Jordy from Barstool Sports, uh, and speaking those thirteen thousand inside Wells Fargo, a couple, and I and I mean just a couple out of that thirteen thousand with uh, just some real idiotic comments. And, and let's get into this, Jordy. Like, I don't know if you know Shawnee Hill or not, but uh, for fans that maybe haven't heard, and if you haven't. Uh, Pick your head up under that rock, but you know some insensitive comments, some uncalled for comments, uh, some uneducated comments coming from Shawnee Hill that cost him his job with the Wings and I believe the Flyers as well. Uh, but a couple of fans inside uh, that arena, you know, calling to scalp Lyle Thompson, which is just sickening to hear. And I, and I don't want to paint the brush uh, with a wide stroke that that's Philly fans because it's really not. And and I know you're a passionate one, but just. You know, give me your thoughts on on it, Jordy, and and what you're going to take away from it.
4: Yeah, so I mean, so I I know Shawnee a little bit, you know, just from doing so much work with the team, and then also being around, you know, Philly sports so much. Um, and it it is a shame because you said an uneducated comment, and that's exactly what it was. Um, you know, unfortunately, Shawnee has never been in the lacrosse world before this season um, to help out with the wings, so he just. I mean, had absolutely no idea, uh, to implicate. Now that's not an excuse for, it. it's still a dumb thing to say regardless. Um, but you know, the one thing I, I do keep trying to tell people is that there was nothing, uh, there was no like racial motivations behind the comment. It was just an uneducated bad joke. Um, you know, and I think that the wings did, they did the right thing. Um, you know, it, it was an uneducated attempt at, at humor, I guess. And it, it was just, uh, probably one of the worst mistakes you can make and he's paying for it. Cause that's, you know, yeah. sucks for him. Yeah. But as far as, the, as far as the two, it, I don't care if it's, you know, a hundred fans, two fans, one fan, like regardless of what it is, the, the fans behind the Georgia bench, um, who had anything to say to Lyle, uh, in, in that like regard are the biggest cowards, um, that I could possibly come up with. So, I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter if they were trying to joke or if they were just trying to kind of put on that front of, Oh, we're tough Philly fans. And like, this is what we do. And we love our teams. And, you know, we no like you're not, uh, you're not anything besides a coward. So, you know, I, I think it's, it sucks because, uh, you know, it, it definitely does kind of put that uh, picture out. Like the Philly sports are just a bunch of Neanderthals. Um, but you know what? Like those two assholes, or can I curse on here? Those two jackasses.
1: No, no, like, <laughs> you, they are assholes, Jordy. I mean, you, you said it. They, that's what they are.
4: Yeah. So I, I mean, like again, like they don't deserve uh, to be fans of of the wings. They don't deserve to be fans of the sport. Um, and that's really what it all comes down to: is just not respecting the roots of this sport. Um, you know, if, if you're a fan of lacrosse, like you have to be appreciative of everything uh you know that, that the natives have given to us. I mean they gave us the game, the creator's game. And to just uh you know to say anything like that not only disrespects Lyle, disrespects an entire people, it disrespects the sport as well. So uh it was unfortunate, but you know, luckily I think everyone who matters um has been, you know, taking the the right course of action since and the people, you know, like those two fans behind Lyle who, who don't matter. Uh, the only thing I can hope for is that they just never get a chance to, to watch the cross live again.
2: And one thing uh, Jumbo and I've been pushing for, I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, a few teams have now gone and put the Iroquois flag up in their arenas. Nobody's yet playing the national anthem. Do you think this is the next step that we should uh, go to to respect uh, the roots of the game?
4: Yeah. I mean, I like, I don't understand why you would I mean, they, they gave us the game. It's the root like, just go back and and get yourself educated. I'm sure the people who are listening to this podcast right now are probably very passionate about lacrosse. So they all probably know the the history of the game. Um, But, you know, I guess it's up to, you know, people like who are listening right now uh, to, you know, tell more people about the history of the game, because, you know, that'll kind of get some of those insensitive comments out of the way. And then, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to not have the Six Nations flag up there, uh, or played the national anthem before. So uh, yeah, have, I'd, I'd be all aboard that movement
1: as well. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And uh, just to give the fans an update, I did uh, happen to email the league and and uh, some of the executives about doing that as I got the sound downloaded into an MP 4 format and uh, sent it off to them and said, you know, I hope you guys would really consider us. They they replied saying we will uh, give it some serious consideration. They are discussing on what is the best way to to keep fans and, and them inclusive um, to the game and, and the best way to approach it forward as, as we make sure we recognize the roots of our game. As we speak with Barstool Jordy, uh, who has a podcast of your own, uh, do Jordy, which I quite enjoy by the way, uh, the crease dive, uh, NCAA lacks just around the corner as well. Uh, Yale, the defending champions. What, uh, what are you, what are you looking for this upcoming season? Uh, what are you predicting and, and what, uh, what can fans be excited about, uh, when it comes to the crease dive?
4: Yeah. Well, so in, in my lacrosse playing days, I was, uh, you know, I played attack growing up.
1: Yeah. I would get,
4: uh, you know, I would get stapled to the bench if I ever got on the other side of midfield to attempt to play defense. So, uh, you know, my entire life, I've been, uh, strictly a, an, an offense oriented guy. And that's what I'm really looking forward to this year in college across. You know, you look at the attackmen in, in the game, um, you know, sure. Like, you know, we, we lose Ben Reese and Connor fields, uh, you know, from last year, but, you know, coming in this year, you get to watch it. Kids like Jeff T, Michael Sowers, Pat Spencer, who I think, uh, you know, if, if in in my in my heart right now, that's what I've been telling myself is that Pat Spencer doesn't leave college lacrosse without a national championship. So I, I guess Loyola would be my pick there. Um, obviously, you've got DeHoga back at Albany. So I mean, I, I think uh, if you're a fan of of goals and goals and goals and goals and goals being scored in the sport of lacrosse, then you should really be looking forward to this college season. And uh, yes, yeah, speaking of of the podcast the dive is alive in college lacrosse again. So I think that that's going to be, you know, not only huge for the sport, but yeah. also huge for, uh, the person, the personal brand a little bit, because, sure. you know, having some of those highlights of the crease dive this, this coming season will be, uh, real, real nice for, for the social media.
2: One thing, uh, Jake and I touched on in the opening was, uh, the fight of course, between Matt beers and Brody Merrill, and you don't get to see that too often anymore. But what's your take on fighting in lacrosse? Is there a place for it in
4: this day and age? Yeah, well, I'm a huge hockey and, lac- and lacrosse guy, so I, uh, I I love fighting in the game. I think uh, you know I'm, I'm glad that it's not quite like the '70s anymore, where it was just you know you go to to see a fight and a hockey game breaks out right, that type of right, thing. Right. Uh, but, you know, for, for a guy, you know, for guys like uh, Brody and, and beers to kind of throw down there, I mean, both of them are the captains of their team. So obviously they're huge leaders in the locker room, everyone respects them. And, and to see those guys, uh, you know, put their, put their fist and, and their face on the line there uh, for their team. Like that's the kind of thing that, that Jack's teams up, that's going to get all the boys buzzing on the bench, um, you know, and, and that's the kind of atmosphere that, that you're looking for. I mean, it, like, Really, it's it's professional lacrosse, right? So it's supposed to be, uh, you know, sure, it's athletics, but it's also entertainment. So you go to the game, you're going to see some absolutely ridiculous goals from guys like Austin Stats, and then you also get to see a fight there. And not only is that, you know, an entertainment factor, uh, but then it gets the rest of the boys on the bench buzzing as well, and then they just continue to play incredible lacrosse there. So, you know, if, if it was just a bunch of goons going out there and, and fighting for no reason, then you know, maybe that kind of Tracks from the game a little bit, but if you're out there sticking up for your guys, or you know you don't like the way that you know one team's been you know treating the other, or you know you're you're looking to provide a spark for your team, and you know that's what you think you can do to, to help them get over that hump, then fight away. I mean, drop those hits and chuck the nuts, let them fly. Um, you know, I I think I think if if you don't like fighting in the game, it's it's probably I, I don't know, like i I think it's just like the ultimate competitor move is to fight for your team, um you know and I just don't know how people couldn't respect that,
1: yeah, I mean personally, my view on it it's it's actually something that I did for a long time in the sport of lacrosse. So I obviously probably have some different views on it, but I really think like my view on it has changed over the past decade. Like I used to love when two heavyweights would square off and and just go at it. But now I kind of look at it like that time of the sport is, is long gone and it's about guys who can play. But I still think like if somebody runs your goalie or dirties your guy in the back into the boards or, you know, Gets their stick up on your star player, that there's still a place for it, and it's still much safer than the alternative, which is really doing something stupid to a guy with your stick. So, uh, the, the days of the stage fighting and the goons, which you know you could probably throw me in that category back when I played, that those days are long done. But there's still a part of me that feels like there's still a place for it in the game as we speak from bar jordy from barstool sports not barley from georstool sports um speaking of barstool sports jordy what uh, what's happening around barstool what can uh, the fans who may not know you which i'm sure most do uh what, what can we expect are you gonna pump out any content uh, through the nll season and and where can we find you uh to find that content
4: yeah, so uh obviously, you know, you mentioned that we had the the podcast. So we've been, uh, you know, covering the indoor game or the box game there at the creased eye, So that's, uh, you know, on iTunes or uh, we're, we're not on uh, not on Spotify yet. That's that's a little tricky one to get on. Right. Um, but, you know, and then, uh, you know, also I typically have, you know, at least a, uh, you know, weekend preview blog that comes out every week uh you know highlighting some of the matchups of the seasons that's on barstool I, right now if, if you go on the barstool uh it was it was started in boston so it's going to be a ton of patriots blogs right now so you'll you'll have to dig pretty far to find a lacrosse yeah, blog i might out. just like um,
1: unfollow el presidente for for the next couple of weeks because it just it I, honestly it gets a little nauseating man
4: i mean it's it is absolutely absurd uh, what that team has done, and he, uh, he he's, he's not too uh, he's not too shy to admit it. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I'm probably going to steal Evan's question here. Oh, maybe I'll let Evan ask it. I know you want to talk to Jordy about Bar- uh, Bermuda, Evan.
2: Yeah, we you saw seen the photo of the arena there. What do you think, and, and are you coming to Bermuda to play with the
4: boys? <laughs> Well, one the the picture of that is absolutely incredible. My only worries is I'm a big time sweater. Uh, I, I sweat profusely, even even in the snow. Well, so I welcome, mean, to the like, uh, you know.
1: welcome
2: to the club. Welcome to the club. So uh, you yeah, can cliff dive in two spots. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, as as long as uh, you know, as long as there some plenty of towels available because it looks like I'm going to be, you know, sweat or, you know, and also a few, changes of clothes because it looks like I'll be sweating through a few uniforms uh when are you guys going to Bermuda for this
1: we're thinking uh we're thinking late October kind of right around uh Halloween time maybe uh I hear the water right around then is about 80 degrees uh it's not hurricane season which is uh which is kind of nice because I don't know what lacrosse would be like playing in a hurricane but um yeah we're thinking we're thinking late October after the last night and uh you know, I know Hawaii goes on at that time, but I know a lot of people from the East Coast don't go to Hawaii because it's so far away. Yeah,
4: well, uh, you know, I'll be uh, just over a year post-op for my ACL surgery, so I should be ready to go by then.
1: Okay okay sounds good man uh hey appreciate your time maybe that maybe that'll be the comeback right there there you go there you go make a name for yourself and uh we can hook you up with some uniforms from our good friends at extreme threads as well so uh it's all coming together man hey jordy thanks for for spending some time with us here on lacrosse classified uh always enjoy your stuff and uh we'll keep in touch and hopefully catch up down the road man
4: absolutely thanks for having me on and uh hopefully next time we talk it'll be
1: after a wings win there you go no doubt Uh, I want to see the Wings get a couple of wins this season as well. That was Jordy from Barstool Sports. We'll take a quick break here on Lacrosse Classified. And coming up next, from the Vancouver Warriors and New Westminster Salmon Bellies, one Mitchell Jones. He used to be my ball boy, Evan Sheminar. We're going to talk to Mix Jones on the other side. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network.
0: Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world, specializing in lacrosse. They deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, this
2: is Sean Evans with, from the Buffalo Bandits and Nationwide Lacrosse. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on LAX All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time.
1: All right, welcome back to LAX Class here, ladies and gentlemen, lacrosse fans alike. Big thanks to our friends at Extreme Threads, as always, our title sponsor here at Lacrosse Classified. You can find them online at extremethreads.ca. You know the deal, you mention my name when your team signs up for an apparel package. Your coach, your manager, they'll get some free stuff. All you got to do is mention my name to make that happen. Make sure you're following along on their social media, at Extreme Threads. And when you're ready to place that order, go to sales at extremethreads.com. Mention my name, get free stuff. Do it. Now, join us here on the podcast from the Vancouver Warriors and the New Westminster Salmon Bellies. My former ball boy way back in the day. I got to get that in there, Mitchell. Uh, Mitch Jones joined us here (laughs) on the podcast. Uh, Mitch, what's going on?
3: Thanks for having me, Jumbo. Was I a good ball boy?
1: Yeah, you. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Hey, man, like, the list of good ball boys that go on to be really good players is a long one, man. Like, I suggest any guys that have kids, get your kid to be a ball boy when they're growing up. and, And it just... I don't know what it is, but it helps you become a good player. Uh, and, and you've certainly done that, Mitch. Uh, a nice game over the weekend, although it comes in a loss. Three goals, four assists uh, for your Warriors. And that last second shot, man, the English on that thing, I, like, I don't know how that ball doesn't go into the goal. That one's still got to be sitting in your gut uh, here on a, on a Monday morning.
3: Yeah, no, um I think I'm probably gonna feel feel that one until uh until we get another win here. Um I mean as I got it, I kinda usually if you're missing you, you see a board hit or you hear it hit the goalie or something, I didn't see or hear anything. So I kinda I was hoping it was in. Um if you watch the replay, uh kind of an unlucky goal there. But uh gotta move on and uh looking looking forward to getting back out there this weekend against uh Colorado. One and five start, obviously
2: not ideal, not the way you guys wanted to go, but you're actually tied with Colorado for the last playoff spot, so you can't panic. What does this team need to do to start turning around and start getting some Ws in the call?
3: Sorry, before we keep going, it's Evan. I want to, is it Schemenauer? Am I saying it right? That's right. All right, big fan. I'm um, happy to be here with you as well. Um, sorry, what do we need to turn around? Oh, we're we're close. We are close. We're working hard. Um I got a lot of faith in the guys in our room. Um, we, we're just doing a lot of little, we got a few losing habits in our game right now. It comes down to kind of just timely penalties or, or timely turnover, stuff like that. Um, I think our power play really needs to get going. Um, that's something that I'm kind of focusing on this week to try and help out and get our power play going. I think that could be a difference, um, in, in tight games. Um, and I mean, just keep, keep staying with what we're doing. We're, uh, we're working together out there. Uh, we've got a lot of new faces, a lot of young kids who haven't played a whole lot of minutes in the league. Um, and I think they're coming along nicely. so We're, we're not panicking. Obviously, 1-5 isn't uh, where you want to be at any point. Um, but I think it's just some small tweaks here and there, and uh, we're going to continue to compete uh, game in, game out.
1: Speaking with Mitch Jones, and, and Mitch, I know you've either played with or, or against a lot of the guys on your team, but you, you mentioned a lot of new faces, a lot of young guys. Maybe maybe talk about a couple of guys that you've never played with with or against before that have uh, that have kind of opened your eyes and impressed you a little bit.
3: Um, I think I've played with or against pretty much everyone. I think, uh, I mean, Brody Eastwood came in this weekend. Um, I I played with him back in I think it was two thousand. 15, he was a call-off in Victoria with me, um, so, and I obviously know who he is, but uh, he's a guy we're looking forward to uh, continue working with. Um, the Wade brothers at Dallas has been in the lineup, I think he's been in the lineup every game so far. Um, he, he's been a, a good pickup for us, and he's only going to get better. Um, so I mean, the list goes on. All, all our young guys that I just get started, I, mean, I remember I came in the league playing defense and I was getting shredded left, right, and center. Uh, it's not an easy lead to come into and you're playing against the best of the best. uh, But everyone, coaching staff, veteran players, are all going to keep helping those guys and I think we're going to keep growing and getting better.
2: You come from a Buffalo team where you're one big of a piece, a big uh, offensive puzzle that's there and you get dealt to Vancouver where you're in a bit of a rebuilding stage but you're also expected to be one of the leaders on the floor. How do you take the transition from one role to the other?
3: Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been different. I've been lucky enough to play in the summers where I think I have, uh, I mean, I was hopefully a, a leader in Buffalo as well, but like you said, um, more of a piece of some, a lot more established guys. Uh, but I've been lucky enough to play in your center and kind of, I relish the role of the, you know, and taking some, just uh, a little bit more on my plate. Um, and like I said, same with the offense. We got, uh, Guys like Keegan Ball and Dorn McBride, uh, who I think are unbelievable players, haven't had a whole ton of minutes in the last. Um, in the, in the and so they're only going to continue getting better. And uh, I think it's going to be a thing. It's a bit more of a challenge, but um, I think it's going to be worth it in the end.
1: Speaking with Mitch Jones and and... You know, speaking of taking on a bit of a bigger leadership role, you've really kind of become one of the faces of the franchise. I know uh, you and Logie are, are living downtown right near the arena, and and you've kind of been the guys uh, on the videos. I've seen you out at Canucks games throwing T-shirts and making appearances and sitting up in the suites having sushi, watching the Canucks games, all sorts of stuff uh What's it been like uh, to join an organization like Connect Sports and Entertainment and, and really kind of being one of the guys that they're marketing this team around?
3: It's been awesome. Uh, they're obviously a first-class organization. Um, I couldn't expect it, anything better. Uh, me and Logie are, are enjoying the downtown life and it uh, comes with its perks and we're, we're available for the team and uh, for any promotion stuff they need to do and we're happy to do it. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, pretty surreal, being in, in the hometown. I kind of I came from Buffalo, where the fan support is amazing, um, and just being at home with the with similar levels of exposure is, uh, is a pretty cool thing for me. Um, so hopefully we can keep that going. Um, I mean, yeah, I still think about that first home win every day. So uh, hopefully we can get that sooner or later.
2: And the move from Rogers to Rogers Arena from the Langley Event Center, what has this done for team morale? Um, obviously a much uh, bigger facility, much more opportunity uh, to do what you need to do there.
3: For sure. I wasn't here uh, in the Langley days, but obviously I know a lot of the guys, and I kind of got a feeling of the vibe that was there, and, and Rogers Arena is just uh, a whole step above. Um, and it goes all the way, all the way down, not just through the end, but just uh, the ownership taking care of us. Again, that's what we need. Um, and they're, uh, they're new as well in doing this. They're taking a lot of feedback um, from the fans, from the players, from everyone. And uh, they've been they are the first class and kind of call me everyone. And uh, I think they're, they're doing a little bit of learning along the way, um, but they're they intent on making everything better, whether it's uh, game day presentation or a player needs, whatever it is. They've been uh, they've been nothing but excellent to us.
1: You you mentioned the first home win a couple of times, Mitch. It's obviously on the on the front of your mind here. You'll get another opportunity this weekend in in a game that. Is relatively early in the season still, but I guess we're about the, a third of the way through, and, and it's going to come against the Colorado Mammoth, a team you haven't played yet this year, and a team that you look across or look down from the standings with just one win as well. How important is this game against the Mammoth, and what do you guys think you need to do to to kind of put you over over the hump here with Colorado? Yeah, it's really
3: important. Um, I mean, just m-
1: myself look at it, I've... Uh... I think I've played
3: five or six years down in the East, and you kind of get comfortable. Not comfortable, but you kind of know what to expect come from teams. Um, to be honest, I haven't played a whole lot of games against against the Mammoth in my career. Um, so I'm watching a lot of video, kind so of, just a little bit extra to make sure I'm prepared for what they're going to throw at us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, our game plan isn't going to change a whole lot. Um, I think the discipline thing I think I mentioned earlier can really turn things around. I think that power play can uh, can help spark us.
2: Now, of course, your good buddy, Logan Schuss, there, a big prankster. He, if you follow him on uh, Twitter, he doesn't tweet that often. When he does, it's always a good stinger. you got to tell us, what's your favorite
1: Logan Schuss story? My favorite
3: Logan Shust story?
1: Um, well, it's got to involve, like, like the boat out in the slough or something, right? One
3: thing was, uh, I spent a lot of time with Logan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not uh, I don't think I can bring anything really groundbreaking
1: to this pod. I yeah. To, yeah. Take a, take a, <laughs> I might have to take a page
3: out of the fit and check out uh, wait time I'm retired and then I can come on and tell some stories yeah. for everyone. I'm sure there's a bu- there's a book waiting to happen. Logan, a- and, uh, Logan, got, Logan got a big heart on and off the floor and that's, uh, That's what's with me. That's why I
1: like him so much. He's always there. Yeah, and all and all the ribbing is always always in good fun as we speak with Mitch Jones. Uh, One more here for me, Jonesy, and and I'll bring you to the summer. I know you don't want to look too far ahead, but uh, Bellies uh, back with the Bellies. What can we expect to see out of? uh, I saw like a new logo. They're going to roll out uh, for this this season. uh, honorary logo on the shoulder patch. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe you can tell us what's happening uh, with New West and what we can expect uh Queen's Park.
3: I saw that. I think it's... Uh, how old are the values now? I've got to commemorate It's 130. I,
1: I want to I uh, I, I I say 130, but that
3: just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I it's <laughs> <130 years. laughs> yeah it does sound ridiculous. Uh, uh, so yeah, we got maybe a new look. Um, I mean, Dano's the, the boss that he likes to uh, hook us up with all kinds of swag and, and keep us looking good. Um, so it's no surprise. But uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I think uh, he, we've got some belly flares for sure with the Warriors, um, especially on our offense. And uh, playing with guys, the more you play us guys, um, only makes it better, right? I think we're going to see Keegan Ball return to the bellies. Uh, I'll have myself and Logan, obviously, and Jordo and, and Malcolm. And uh, so that should be a good start. Um, I'm always excited for summer season. It's a lot of fun. And... Uh, with the nightclub being back in the West. That's always exciting. Um, someone's going to get to host that. So that would be the goal for us.
1: How about it, uh, Mitch, I think we're done here on lacrosse classified. You did it, man. I know you were super nervous to come on the podcast. I think you did a great <laughs> job. And, uh, I was,
3: uh, I want to say I'm a long time listener, but I'm a long time. attentive listener every time I go on my podcasting tells me that that's still not available. So I did this in the last couple of so They were available. Um, but I'm having technical difficulties. I don't know if that's, uh, Okay. On my end, uh, yeah, it probably, probably
1: is. Yeah, you're probably searching yeah. you're probably <laughs> searching the wrong thing. <laughs> We're not on TSN anymore. We're on Lacrosse All-Stars. So search Lacrosse All-Stars on iTunes, then you'll find Lacrosse okay. Classified and then you subscribe from there. And that's a lesson to all the listeners here on Lacrosse Classified, Mitch. So I think you're helping the fans as well as we appreciate that. We appreciate your time. And uh, good luck against the Mammoth. I'm tempted to pick you guys again this weekend, Mitch. So if I do, don't let me down.
3: yeah, you go your
1: own way. You take what you take. Okay, I will. I will. I know. I know. Guys get a little sensitive about it. You're not one of them, but I know <laughs> guys do. Uh, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on, and best of luck against the mammoth. And uh, we'll do this again real soon. All right. All right, Jake. Thanks for having me. Having you as well. All right, take care. Take care. Mitch take care, Jones yes, of the Vancouver Warriors and New <laughs> Westminster Salmon Bellies fans, you know what comes up next it's another round of who you got right here on extreme threads lacrosse classified stick around
0: pure vital labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to
1: come. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Once again, big thanks to our friends at Pure Vita Labs. Uh, they are awesome. Make sure you check them out. PVL.com. I know those guys sponsored the Warriors. I saw Mitch Jones sporting some PVL stuff inside the Warriors dressing room last week and uh, snapping out some awesome pictures on Instagram as well. Make sure you check out their products and check out their social media at Pure Vita Labs. We still do not have a sponsor for this next segment, Evan, but I believe it's going to be on the horizon. I'll keep teasing you with that. We haven't had a chance to kind of lock that in yet. But now, here on the podcast, it's maybe my favorite segment of the show. Big week coming up in the National Lacrosse League. It's time, Evan, to play Who You Got. Coming up first, it's Toronto at Philadelphia. You are nineteen and nine. I am eighteen and ten. That's why I get to ask Toronto at <laughs> Philly. Who you got? Pretty simple
2: here. Until Philly gets a win, you can't really take them. Toronto's, of uh, course, coming off their massive win. You got to take the rock.
1: Can't say it much better than that. Uh, I don't want to beat the wings down, but again, like you said, until they get a win under their belt. Show me Philadelphia before I'm going to pick in. Toronto playing some real good lacrosse right now. I will take the Rock as well. Game two, Buffalo at Rochester. Who you got? Oh, this Rochester offense
2: is uh, concerning me. And, I mean, I got to see them live. They're not getting the ball inside. I think they're missing Josh Courier a lot more than they thought they would. Um, Until they get that offense sorted out, take the Bandits.
1: Got to agree with you once again here, Evan. I'm not sure what is going on in Rochester. I know they're not going to be satisfied, but talking with a couple of people, sounds like they may stick with that lineup for another week and give a couple of those new guys chances. And and Cam Milligan and uh, Fennell, who didn't look like he was quite ready to play with that knee, but maybe a week under his belt will help. But yeah, uh, the offense have struggled a little bit. It shouldn't be with guys like... Shanks and Jameson and Jackson still Kyle Jackson um, so we'll see uh, but I'm going to take Buffalo because I think they're just rolling along right now and I just think they're a bit of a better team so we both got Toronto, we both got Buffalo, maybe the most intriguing game of the week maybe not, uh, it comes near the bottom of the standings but still it's a big one, Mammoth at Vancouver Evan, who
2: you got Vancouver seems, can't seem to get a win at home, and I just got a lot more faith in Colorado to get the job done, so I'm going to take the Mammoths.
1: I, I so want to take Vancouver here because I just think it's just a matter of time before they get that home win. I thought they were super close against San Diego, which I think is a better team than Colorado. Being at home, being desperate can take you a long way in the league. Mm. I'm going to take Vancouver. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Evan. I'm taking the Warriors at home. Mitch Jones has me believing. Give me the Warriors. Game four of five, Saskatchewan will take a long trip to Gwinnett County down in the Dirty to take on the Georgia Swarm. Always a fun matchup between the Rush and the Swarm. Swarm went 0-2 last weekend. Rush with that win over the Nighthawks on their home floor. This will be a Sunday game. Evan, we got two Sunday games, and they're staggered this weekend. Hallelujah for that. Saskatchewan at Georgia. Who you got? This is a tough one,
2: uh, especially when it's a couple of the top teams in your power rankings. Uh, As much as I got the Rush at number one in the power rankings, I'm going to take the Swarm. Two reasons for this. Uh, First off, the West Coast boys that play for the Rush, it's always a long road trip, a little bit tiring for them. And if you look at the Rush's historical record of playing in Atlanta, it just does not look good.
1: Can the Swarm lose three games in a row? I think they're a better team than that. But I'm never going to pick against Saskatchewan until they do me wrong. I'm taking the rush over the Swarm on the road on a Sunday against what is going to be a pissed-off, hungry Georgia Swarm team. I believe in the boys. Saskatchewan rush. Give it to me. Final game, and Buffalo will play their first back-to-back of the season, and it'll be two road games, although Rochester not even really a road game because it's so close. This will be a bit of a bigger track as they'll go into New England. Bandits at Black Wolves on a Sunday afternoon. Evan, who you got?
2: They're probably going to end up on a seven-hour bus ride to the Mohegan Sun. Um, and once again, I, I actually believe in the Black Wolves. Uh, and once again, with a tired Buffalo team coming off game against Rochester, I'm taking the Black Wolves.
1: Man, can the Bandits go 2-0 on the road? I actually had them near the top, if not the top, of the power rankings this last weekend. Big believer in what's going on in Banditland right now, but New England has continued to impress. But I think they're kind of due for a letdown game in New England, and I think Buffalo keeps it rolling at the casino, on a heater, if you will, Evan Schemenauer. Give me the bandits against the Black Wolves at the casino. So, to recap, we both have Toronto over Philadelphia. We both have Buffalo over Rochester. You are taking Colorado. I am taking Vancouver. You are taking Georgia. I am taking Saskatchewan. And you are taking New England. I am taking Buffalo, so we have two of the same picks, three of the different of different picks. This could be a real pivotal week in who you got, Evan Cheminar Oh, a
2: four game lead sounds really good to me. You can coast for a very long time.
1: Okay. Pump the brakes on that. Uh we're just about out of time here on Lacrosse classified. Extreme threads. Lacrosse classified. Um news and notes. It was a tough weekend. Evan, for <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's going on uh, with my throat today, but it was a tough weekend to view National Lacrosse League games uh, on Bleacher Report Live, and and I don't want to sit here and bag on Bleacher Report or the National Lacrosse League about uh, the issues that they had because honestly, issues happen, but it almost seemed to take a step backwards this week, and that's that's disappointing. But we have talked to some league officials; they are aware, obviously, of what's going on. They are probably more unhappy than than anybody else is and uh, i think they're pretty determined to get this fixed in the very very near future
2: yeah it's it's getting a little unfortunate you know laptops not working people paying the subscription fee i'm still a proponent to this day that this game needs to be on television more than anything of people happen upon the game um as opposed to behind the paid firewall that people just can't fluke onto a game but yeah, there's, there's definitely some issues that need to be worked out. Uh, we'll see what happens.
1: And I think we will get that TV deal eventually. I know the commissioner's kind of been on record as saying it's a digital first uh, a plan that they want to be on here. But I think once uh, you see Halifax come into the league, potentially Montreal as well, that... That nationwide deal, at least in Canada, anyway, is going to be much more attractive to a TSN or a Sportsnet um, than it is right now, to you know, with those gaps kind of across the country. So, I think there's there's probably a faction of ownership that wants the TV deal, and there's probably a faction that doesn't. Um, but for this league to get to the next level, I think everybody could probably agree it's something. That needs to happen. Uh, speaking of needing to happen, next week it will happen, and that's Spell Let's Talk Day. Uh, something that's uh, pretty, pretty close to both of our hearts. Evan, um, we're going to talk about it more next week on Lacrosse Classified, but kind of keep your eyes and ears open for that next week.
2: Yeah, and if, if uh, heads up, if you don't like seeing about a hundred tweets from me in a day. You can unfollow me for one day. I'm going to be tweeting away all day with that hashtag.
1: Well, you don't need to unfollow. Just hit the mute button. Don't don't dip the numbers. Uh, Hit the mute button. That's a nice feature. I've utilized that on a couple of people. No names mentioned. Um, But then there's this kind of thought, well, like, if you're going to mute somebody, why not just unfollow them? I don't know. It's kind of weird. You know what I'm saying when it comes to that? Uh, Bermuda update. Uh, things are moving along here. Uh, lots of discussions happening. Uh, some planning going on. Uh, we're, we're really kind of determined to make this happen, Evan. And uh, we're shooting for a 2020 full-scale tourney. Maybe a little pre-tourney uh, coming up in 2019. But uh, there's been just a ton of interest for Bermuda lacrosse next, uh, next year
2: we've had over 20 teams already expressed serious interest in coming including one from poland two from scotland so <laughs> the words out there uh teams are excited a lot of logistics to work out you know it's it is a foreign country uh, a lot of little things that you're just not used to when you organize a tournament in north america but we got a good team behind us and we're gonna make it happen as much as we can,
1: and and once people find out that Barstool Jordy wants to come, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be beating teams away. We're just not gonna be able to handle the amount of interest uh, that we're gonna get. You got anything else uh, you want to squeeze in here before uh, WA draft comes up in a couple of weeks, February seventh? Uh, I'll be announcing that one. So uh, that's always one of my favorite nights of the year. I know tons of tons of guys down south. Uh, that are on scholarships or what have you, playing field across. uh, always kind of tune in for that one to see where they go. Uh, You got anything else you want to squeeze in, Evan, before we get out of here?
2: No, I think it's time to give the fans a quick break and we're not on for an hour and a half <laughs> like we have been the few last few weeks.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, good point. Uh, big thanks to our friends once again at Extreme Threads, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Pure Vital Labs. This show would not be possible without them. Make sure you're checking out and supporting our sponsors if you are like this podcast which I assume you you do if you're listening up until this point because we're at the end of it um, don't forget to follow us on social media as well I am at PXP for sports Evan is at Shem Lax the show is at Lax class you can find us on Twitter Instagram we'll post on Facebook you can also subscribe on iTunes Google Play and any other platform that you get your podcasts on we are at And uh, do that. Subscribe. It gets downloaded right to your phone. You don't have to worry about it. For uh, Mitch Jones and Barstool Jordy, thanks for coming on the show. And now we're out of here. For Evan Scheminer, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.